Welcome to And Just Like What, the podcast where somebody who does love a dark berry lip and somebody who probably doesn't know what a dark berry lip is, discuss the existential ennui and ongoing art project that is the Sex and the City reboot and just like that. I'm Nadia Osman. And I'm Matthew Brian Cohen. And Nadia, I think I can intuit what a dark berry lip <laughs> is. But would you would you love it? Would you love it on you and your complexion? I think you could pull it off. On me? You think I could pull it off? I don't I know do. if I could. I, f- I feel very insecure about my own uh, like ability to be fashionable. So, um, But I, I will take it as a compliment. Thank you. Of course. I think, yeah, I think um, a lot of people don't realize what they can pull off because I think we see celebrities and influencers putting on makeup or clothes or, or doing fashion and beauty in a specific way. And it's for everybody. And I think that we just kind of tend to forget that sometimes. And I'm like, no, 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 guys, this is for all of us. Everybody here should be enjoying this as much as you want to. If you don't want to, don't. Don't invest yourself in beauty culture if you don't want to do it. Semi-recently. So I had these pair of sneakers that I'd gotten for free from a commercial uh, shoot that I did because they, they bought shoes for me and then i'm a size 14 i'm a very big boy and uh they were like you know do you own white sneakers i was like i don't so like okay we'll just get these white sneakers wardrobe got it wore it on the shoot then uh afterwards uh they were like uh you can just keep these sneakers don't worry about it and i was like this is great i got like free sneakers this is even better than (laughs) like and they were like nikes they were like very nice sneakers i was just like these are great like oh my god and i got free like expensive sneakers like I am going to have cool shoes for like the first time in my life because I would never buy expensive shoes. I think that's like a waste. Uh, Me Mm -hmm. personally, if that's your thing, Mm -hmm. you know, go for it. Um, But then I found (laughs) uh, my wife, uh, Mary, showed me um, there's a Pittsburgh Steelers player, uh, Nanji Harris. And on his, uh, I don't know if it was TikTok or his Instagram but he was uh, like filming his buddy who had the exact same pair of shoes that I did. And he was clowning on his friend's shoes. He was like, these shoes are dumb, man. Why do you have these ugly shoes? (laughs) And I was just like, oh my God, they're not cool. I thought thought they were so cool. It was just like, you look like a dad. And I was just like, oh, come on. My like, uh, uh, my fiance is also win. a uh, size fourteen, so the shoe the shoe drama is real mm. in terms of trying to find yeah, it's hard. a good pair of shoes that, like you said, don't look like dad shoes. Um, yeah, fourteen uh, is the that's when it gets to be tricky. Like thirteen, they most places normally have a thirteen. A fourteen is where it's hard. It's there's there's something extra humiliating about when you think you look good. And that's mm-hmm. the part yes. of it. So when I say yeah. uh, everyone should, if they want to participate in fashion beauty culture without uh, fear, there is a caveat to that, <laughs> which is you have to really live without fear because the because mm-hmm. somebody's going to shit on you. <laughs> People are judgy fucks. They are going to say something and it is going to make you second guess everything that you're doing. Um, you have to have the confidence of a Carrie Bradshaw wearing what I believe was just like an oversized sleeping bag. That in the was middle of an insane. A Manhattan. 
<laughs> yeah, we'll we'll get to that. But uh, that was a, a stunning shot to me. That was. I truly was a didn't hell of understand a the, the like. Yeah, hell of a coat. I did not understand the temperature. A hell of a coat that somehow that she that can scene. fit in her apartment too. Yeah, I thought I understood what the weather was like, but then I saw that <laughs> outfit and I was like, I, 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 I truly don't. <laughs> like, I don't get it. Like, I'm lost. I'm lost again. <laughs> like, I thought I knew the base reality of the show, but then I saw that coat and I was like, I don't understand it. I'm sorry. Not at all. We are in uh, the South Pole, uh, apparently. Uh, but sh- should we get to it, Nadia? Should we talk about yes. season two, episode six, entitled Bomb Cyclone? Let's get into it. I'm excited. I'm excited, too. This is a very interesting episode. Um so we open on Carrie in her apartment, and she is trying to find the right uh, things to stack up uh, to put her laptop on for a Zoom meeting. Um, I wrote down, Nadi, this is very 2020 humor. Yeah. You know? Like a yeah. Zoom meeting and like, oh, these are weird and awkward. Very 2020. While relatable, felt... A little behind the times, just a little. Yes. Um, In a way that this show does a lot. I think the thing that's interesting about the show, obviously, we've talked about that. And just like that is one of the few shows that exist in a post-COVID world that acknowledges that COVID uh, happened, is happening. Yes. Um, But then they'll use humor and like jokes and specifics that it feels like we all got out of our system a few years ago. You know, that it's like people don't want to go back to, even though we're still doing this, we're still struggling to be like, oh, where should I put my laptop for the Zoom meeting? Like, we don't want to joke about it anymore. It feels like everyone's exhausted by this, but not this show, which I think is a very deliberate choice. Yeah, I agree. And I also think that it's a, it's a moment where we're kind of examining how stuck somebody like Carrie might be in a lot of ways, Mm -hmm. like how Carrie struggles to move on in her life, um, which very much will come around by the end of the episode um, where we're going to uh, hint at somebody coming back, a little blast from the past, but... Yes, moving on, but not really moving on. It's like thinking you're moving on, but you're actually moving backwards, which I think is a theme of this episode. Yeah, or certainly circular. You're just kind of walking Mm -hmm. in circles, and it doesn't necessarily mean that you are, it feels like there's progressive movement, because you're like, well, I'm still moving forward, but... mm." Oh, my God. Like you were walking in a blizzard or a bomb cyclone. (gasps) (gasps) This this show is brilliant. This show is absolutely brilliant. So she's doing this interview with a some Gen Z blogger who doesn't read her book um and decides to interview her anyway and uh, it's just kind of a little shit and shows that it's you know it's not going well yes so this character nadia i wrote down this is continuing the show's overall um opinion of millennials slash gen z which is they are insufferable (laughs) yes and this show despises people younger than 45 to be fair a lot of us are to be fair to be fair, to be that fair, said, we- it does feel a little old man yells at Cloud at times. Yes. 
Well, we have um, a, particularly yeah. this person um, when it's like, oh, uh, says that Carrie's book was called Manhattan and then goes, oh, I get it now. Yeah. Like that isn't the most obvious pun in the world. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, like, the, like anyone, like a child would yeah. understand Manhattan. You know what I mean? Yeah. This is not uh, like a difficult uh, a reference to grasp. You know what I mean? Like you don't need to have studied uh, Proust. To be like, oh, Manhattan. <laughs> in previous, in the previous episode where Charlotte goes to the um the fake, the real, real, um the real deal, I believe it was, uh, mm-hmm. and deals with the Gen Z, um, uh, retail cashier, cashier. Yes. Um, it does it. It had similar vibes of like this is somebody who's incompetent who doesn't understand what's happening. And I think you can interpret that as a comment on as you get older and you gain Mm -hmm. insight and wisdom and experience, you look at those younger than you and you say, what the fuck is wrong with you? Get it together. Forgetting that you were once in their shoes. Uh, Or it could just be bad jokes. Hey, you don't know with this show. A thing my wife said while we were watching this is she said that Kiri thinks this world is insane, but is politely uh-huh. suffering through it. And I think that is sort of like the perspective of people in their 50s and 60s now, you know, like the aging Gen Xers, right? That it's like, yes. I don't understand culture anymore. I guess I just have to like grin and bear it <laughs> and deal with it. Uh, how many Gen Xer friends do you have? Like pure Gen X? Uh... A handful, maybe. Uh, okay. Yeah, same. And I would say that with them, they are pretty on the cusp. They have an understanding of things. They don't necessarily know who everybody is all the time, which I don't know who everybody is all the time. That's how I knew I was no. getting old. Yeah. I was like, what the fuck is an Olivia Rodrigo? And then I went, oh, I'm aging. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I don't um, understand this. Yeah. And then I immediately got gray hair and they sent me an AARP mm-hmm. card. But for those Gen Xer friends of mine, I feel like a, the polite suffering. There is definitely, I think, an element of what happened and a, and a deep confusion because yes. they didn't have to grow up with certain things. And I would even argue that there are millennials that have that. But I think millennials were able to go, mm-hmm. oh, here it comes. Here it comes. And Gen Z has just kind of been fucked from the beginning. So yeah. everybody after us is going to have a real... A palpable sense of uh, the earth is we're cleaning the earth is dead. We're cleaning up a corpse. Um, to go back to that that chestnut. Yes, I mean it is a a core idea of the show. Um, yeah. but uh, oh, another thing I wrote down, Nadia, was one of the things this uh this influencer says is tell me about the book, and then Carrie's like, so you didn't even read the book, and I thought that yeah. was very weird. Because that's just a thing you would say in the interview. Because it's like, of course, Carrie, we want your perspective on your book. It's like, why would you assume that she didn't read it? It's just like, I think because nobody Carrie, is reading this piece. Yeah. To get the influencer's point of view, you know what I mean? It's like, it's like I want the author to talk about the book. 
Because I think Carrie, what Carrie desperately wants is, I think, in a lot of ways to be taken very seriously as an author, yes. right? I think yes. she wants she wants the Anne Helen Peterson treatment. She, If she's going to be on a blog, God forbid, and not just the New York Times book review. <laughs> it's not even a blog. Like this is like probably like a TikTok. You know what I mean? Yeah. This, uh, yeah. this point. Yeah. Exactly. But it's this idea that, um, you know, when she says, how long do you want? 40, 45 minutes. Like. For Carrie, she's thinking of this in very traditional terms, which is like she wants a um, uh, the NPR book review show. That's yes. the name is escaping me, but the the, the guy with voice. Wait, wait, sounds. don't read me. <laughs> Boo. <laughs> um, but she, but this person isn't giving her that right because that's not necessarily the world that we live in. We do have that. Yes. I see that from time to time. These are interviews that I love to read, but this is not. Mm-hmm. Um, L interviews Carrie Bradshaw, and in that case, no. your interviewer would have read your book and gone and start with, I'd like to start with this line. You know, there, yeah. there's a moderator aspect to it, and she doesn't get that. No, everything is getting worse. Yes. Everything is slowly getting worse. For her, And we just yes. have to suffer through it. Yes. Um, Speaking of worse, that's Miranda in a twin bed is what we cut to yes. next. Oh, we should say, we should say, in the the end of the scene is uh, Carrie's laptop falls off uh, the oh, yes. little makeshift stand that she makes and uh, breaks. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and she needs a new laptop. And, She's fine. you know, that's just like, oops, my $4,000 computer. Yeah. Like, uh, well, what are you going to do? Uh, well, what so are you going to do? So then we've got Miranda in a twin bed and we've got Miranda and Naya who are kind of the odd couple now. Both mm-hmm. going through divorces with Miranda in particular feeling very guilty about the divorce, which is sort of all that we get there um, for now until uh, we get to, uh, w- with the exception of Naya commenting on her pajamas. Yes. That's about that's about all we get uh, covered in yeah, little red the, hearts. The scene she just sort of, of sets up that they are living together or like sort yeah. of she's or you know they're cohabiting but there's not really there's no tension there's no like oh this is tough for me they're just it's just fine you know yeah. what i mean it's yeah. just is like all right so then we see uh we go to lisa and uh her husband george washington uh <laughs> they it is a sunday morning they're in bed together the kids are there and they see that rocks uh modeling uh shot uh, pictures that you yes. took uh, the ad the Ralph campaign. Ad. The Ralph Lauren ad is in the New York Times, so they uh, call up Charlotte, and it's like, "Oh my God, isn't this amazing?" And Rock, you know, yeah, they're so proud. This is great. Anthony has come over, brought ten copies. You know, the the family's kind of celebrating, and then um, a bit of slapstick happens as uh, the daughter Gabby uh, jumps on George Washington's penis. She's yes. jumping on the bed. Yeah, just slams on Washington's. Yeah, George Washington's dick broke. Uh, Yeah, which doesn't really come up again. So I'm going to assume it's not broken but bruised. It has no like. Again, we've talked a lot about how this show like things just happen, Mm -hmm. and there's no like larger point to them a lot of the time. And this is a thing like you would think in another show. It's like oh, this leads to something. There's like a payoff to this. Like it, like is acting up throughout the episode where he's like, oh, like residual pain, uh, like an unfortunate moment. You know, he's like, oh, my dick or something, <laughs> or I don't know. 
like it would like this is an injury he sustained but it's just a moment that wouldn't it be funny if a kid jumped on their dad's dick you know and the the answer is yes the answer is yes the answer I is laughed. always yes the answer is yeah. always yeah <laughs> man getting hit by football always, yes. always yeah. funny um it's yeah, just great comedy the the Lisa George Washington plot here is really just that there's this conflict where Lisa is being honored and gets this uh moderator talk at the MoMA about her documentary, which is super dope. Mm-hmm. And then George Washington has a conflict where he's got to do a fundraiser. And if you're joining us for the first time, his name is not George Washington. The actor who plays this character also played George Washington in Hamilton. And originated yes. that role in the Broadway production of Hamilton, and I can't get it out of my head every time I see it. No, him. I can't either. So since I just write. It. I, <laughs> I just write. GW I just write George. My notes. Yeah, I write George Washington. Yeah, I think the character's name is Herbert. But I it believe may not so. Be. But okay. George Washington is more fun for me to say. So I just want to make it clear: more, much it's not fun. that we're terrible people; it's that I'm a terrible person who can't stop saying George Washington. Anyway, no, look, this uh, was an iconic role that he did. This would be like, uh, look, if uh, Cynthia Nixon showed up in a different show and you called her Miranda, he kills it in that show. He might be one of sure. my favorite roles. He truly a phenomenal actor and singer. So, yeah. uh, anyway, he. Between getting his balls crushed, his dick broke. He's basically like, you don't want to come to my fundraiser first? He's like, well, don't you want to come to my thing first? And it's kind of just left at an impasse of here's what happens when two very successful, busy people want to support each other and can't. And that, yes. that's about and all we've got at that moment. Yeah. We're setting up that there's going to be a conflict of like who is going to go to whose thing yeah. and how do they juggle both of these, which... If you've been watching the show, the answer is it's fine and they just do. <laughs> There's <Yeah>. no <laughs> You know what I mean? Nobody gives anything up, nobody sacrifices, nobody is selfish. It just yeah. works out. <laughs> yeah. It just so- <laughs> works out. <laughs> no conflict whatsoever. No conflict. So we go back to Charlotte's home where beautiful is gender neutral, which frankly I agree with. I think it is a gender neutral term. Um, Good for you, Charlotte. Uh, But Mm -hmm. the real crux becomes Lily, uh, their other child, saying, Mom, did you make my Nobu reservations? And Anthony, to his point, is like, you were a teenager? Go to fucking Shake Shack. And I Yes, because she has a a date... She has a date with her boyfriend, and yes. the way that Charlotte reacted to this of like, oh, no, I forgot. I'm sorry. Like, broke my brain because it's like a 17-year-old <laughs> is saying like, mom, did you remember my Nobu reservations? And she's like, oh, sorry, it slipped my mind. Like, it was like, mom, did you return my library books? Or like, yes. mom, did you like pick up my trumpet? from the music store <laughs> or like, you know, like it just felt like, yeah. And it, and it was, it was Charlotte's hookup <laughs> at Nobu, which implies that Charlotte has gone to Nobu enough times or know someone from her past or has some sort of connection to be able to just call up an incredibly expensive sushi yes, restaurant. Very famous too. In like this one is- of the world's <laughs> biggest. Yeah. Very famous long lines out the door in like what? <sighs> It reminded me of, I cannot remember 
um, the comedian who told this joke years and years and years ago, but I remember um, watching a Comedy Central stand-up special of hers, and she said, kids who have grown up in New York are weird. Like, the kids who live here are strange. You'll look at a seven-year-old and you go, oh my God, what's your favorite restaurant? And they'll answer, Abu Palm. <laughs> and that's what this yeah. reminded me of. I can't. It reminded me of that because it's like, it, what what 17-year-old is demanding reservations at like the most this isn't a if she was turning 18 even a sweet 16 i would kind of understand like oh this is celebratory this is like a standard oh this is celebratory yeah this is just this is hundreds of dollars for (laughs) for these kids you know what i mean like this is so much money yes it is obscene yes Yes, it really is. And she's making such a big deal of it because she has planned to lose her virginity Mm -hmm. to Blake. And openly talks about it. This is another thing I wrote down. Uh, The way that a 17-year-old openly talks about, like, I'm going to lose my virginity, like, to their parents, is so weird to me. Maybe Mm -hmm. some people have this relationship with their parents. I certainly did not. I don't know anyone who did who would, like... Tell their parents, like, I'm going to lose my virginity tonight. It's, like, weirder to me to to talk about it in the future tense, right? Even if you were talking to your parents of, like, yeah, (laughs) oh, like, Blake and I are having sex. You know what I mean? Like, it's a thing we do. That is less weird to me than I'm going to do it tonight. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. The idea that uh, it's being planned is, one, kind Mm -hmm. of funny um, and speaks a lot to this uh, character. Yeah, that's how Two, kids are, I think. That's how teenagers does it necess- Yeah, it doesn't necessarily feel realistic to my experience as a teenager where I think the best I could have done is say afterwards, mm-hmm. oh, we did it. Yeah. Or maybe, maybe again, at best, saying we were thinking of yeah, maybe yes, at exactly. Some yeah, yeah. You wouldn't be and like, tonight's like a, the night. We're gonna, I'm going to float this idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't be like, I put it on my calendar. Um, and you need to get out of the way because I'm Yeah, and late. where's my uh, Nobu reservation? <laughs> for Christ's sake. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I need Onigiri before I can let this 17-year-old slide on in this pussy. Like, there's something so... Uh, ju- the juxtaposition is unnerving. Brazenness, I think. And just... I mean, this is a girl. I think that is the she, correct Last word. season was like, Mom, I don't know how to use tampons. She went from a certain uh, level of innocence to like a, um, I'm half expecting her to show up and be like, Dad, do you have any poppers? Yeah, you well, know, uh, like it's, uh, it's, it's <laughs> like at yeah, she's breakfast. close to this. And a thing that is strange to me is like, you know, we get the reaction from Harry that you would expect of like, what? Where he's like. But he's not really mad, like mad to the point where it's like conflict, where he's like, you can't do this. I forbid you. You know what I mean? And then maybe Charlotte's like, no, you can't do that. He's just like, I guess I don't want to hear about this. And then just like disinvolves himself. (laughs) You know, it was like very strange to me that his response is like, I don't love hearing this, but I don't really feel any way about it. (laughs) You know, there is a later moment that I'm going to point out now. But uh, there, there, there's a moment where in the background, which, again, I have, I have uh, if I had to write, God forbid I should write a book about how to do comedy. But um, if I were to, with a gun to my head, one of my big things is comedy is funnier in the background. And there's a background shot 
where uh, Charlotte is going to be later talking to Lily on the phone about sexual things. You see Harry walking towards them, and then you yes. immediately turn around and walk away. And I Very funny. laughed. Yeah. Very funny shot. Very great shot. Uh, so it, that is his MO kind of throughout the episode, which is just like, I don't want to know. I don't need to know. Yes. Don't tell me. And um, um, Unless there's an emergency. There's a uh, a scene um, after this uh, where uh, Charlotte comes into Lily's room. Lily's playing the piano. And Charlotte's like trying to talk to her about sex. Lily's like embarrassed by it. And Charlotte mentions um, focus on your pleasure. And the way Lily reacts, yes. like, mom, you're being weird, drove me insane. Because it's like, as you don't get to be <laughs> so openly like, mom, I'm having sex tonight. It's like, God, where's my Nobu reservation? And when your mom's like, I just use a condom and, you know, make sure you enjoy yourself. It's like, ugh, stop, mom. This is insane. It's just like, no, no, no. You were weird. <laughs> like, you talked about this. Yeah, like, it was. She's just engaging with you. It, it- <laughs> Both of them felt it felt a little wowza yes. on my end. Like on both both for for again, Lily to be so brazen, I think that's mm-hmm. the correct word for it, in her assertion of I'm going to have an excellent sushi dinner and then I'm going to get properly railed tonight for the <laughs> Which, first time. Let me tell you something, uh, honey. And no you won't. <laughs> this is a, a seventeen no, you year will old not. boy. No, you will not. <laughs> Nobu will be the highlight of the evening. I guarantee you. <laughs> Paraphrase off of uh, Miss Misdemeanor Elliot. Uh, you you don't want a one minute man. You're going to get a one minute man at yes. best. Uh, you are both seventeen. It is not going to be what you think it's going no. to be. Um, but that or no, there was something sweet, and I appreciated the arc of Charlotte and like I like the idea of if we're if we're following this character through time over the course of you know 20 25 years the idea that this character went from somebody who doesn't want to talk about uh sex stuff at brunch with her girlfriends to being pretty open and honest with her daughter and there's a lot of ways this could have gone. Charlotte could have said, I'm putting my fingers in my ear and I'm in denial mm-hmm. and I don't want to hear about it. And instead we're seeing this opening up for the first time, really, because I feel like there's been a lot of denial for the other characters, but Charlotte, not so much. Charlotte goes, okay, listen, you are about to be an adult. You are going to have sexual intercourse with whomever you want. This is the two things I yeah, ask you to focus on. She's trying on. to Protect guide yourself her and don't. As best she yes. can. And, and again, a sex positive way that like may not be perfect, but like I commend Charlotte. I, I agree. And I think, uh, yeah, my complaint with the scene is with the character of Lily being like, you don't get to call your mom weird here <laughs> when you initiated yeah, the yeah, weird yeah, yeah. conversation. You're the, you're, the, you're the one who announced to who announced to your mother and father and <laughs> Uncle Anthony, who apparently admits to being an arsonist somewhere in there, that uh, <laughs> it implies he set something on fire. I was like, huh? Uh, but that you're, you're, you're telling all these adults, yes. I intend to fuck yeah. tonight, and it's like okay, you don't you don't yeah. get to be the one that's you gotta, that is like yeah Ew, you gotta you gotta know you're stuck in the conversation <laughs> you can't just uh, you can't just drop right. the you atomic want, you bomb be an adult? and be like this awkward is part of it no yeah <laughs> Oppenheimer style. <laughs> hey. 
So I'm I'm not gonna cut that. No, joke. we'll leave it in. <laughs> we now move to um, Sima okay, and so, Carrie. They yeah. are at the Apple Store uh, shopping for uh, Carrie needs a yeah. new MacBook because hers broke. And I thought uh, I know we mentioned right. not contrasting this with uh, the original Sex in the City, but I do think it's interesting. There was a very famous plot line where Carrie's uh, computer breaks in the in the first Sex in the yes. City, and I thought it was so interesting comparing the character's reaction to a broken computer now and then, right? In the original Sex in the City, distraught, yes. she was a mess, I lost all my work, I didn't back up, this is, you know, horrific. This was like the worst thing that could happen to her. Like her whole life, all her writing was mm-hmm. on this computer. Now, eh, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Couldn't care less. Just like, yeah, eh, I'll just casually get it, whatever. It doesn't mean anything to her. Like, she has lost, like, yeah. nothing means anything anymore. When you have this level of, like, wealth and privilege, reality becomes unreality. Like, there, there's no meaning anymore. You just, like, you can't attach yourself to anything. It's just like, whatever, okay, I'll get another one, fine. I I also, you know, there, there's an interesting, there's two interesting dichotomies going on, which is that episode that you're referring to, I think it's called My Motherboard Myself, Um. In mm-hmm. that episode, Carrie is with Aiden, mm-hmm. who is going to come back around in this episode, which we'll get to in just a second. But um, she is with Aiden in that relationship. And so there's this little mirroring happening where now she's walking around with Seema. And yes, she's freaking out before. Now she's completely calm and cool and collected. And I think a lot of that has to do with, yeah, I, when you have a certain amount of money, it's fine when things break. It doesn't matter. I also wonder how much of it is just from, and maybe I'm giving too much credit here, but if we're looking at this as the art project that is discussing and examining all sides of grief, when you lose someone, mm. that's so much bigger yeah. than when you lose tech, you know? It's true. Like losing an object that you can easily replace, especially in this day and age, something like a computer where you go, shit, fuck, okay, I have to go get a new one. That's yeah, and look, nowadays all your files are person. probably in the cloud. You know what I mean? She's learned yeah. about backups. She's fine. Yes. Yeah, she uses the cloud. Uh, yeah, bet she uses It's the just cloud. default. It's just default installed. She probably has no idea what that is, but it is like, yeah. She's like, where are my files? They're like, we'll, we'll sign into your Carrie- iCloud. Yeah. Uh, her with a external hard drive. Uh, I can't picture it in my no. head. So, no. So, yeah, it's all in the cloud. But all like, in the cloud. She probably doesn't know her iCloud password. So, there's probably like a little bit with the Apple Store employee where they're like, sign in. And she's like, I don't know. And they're like, ugh, what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, within this scene, Seema essentially proposes to Carrie, I mean that in two ways, that they go to the Hamptons to summer. Yeah, they rent a house in the Hamptons. And I realized, oh, she's planning for the summer because the good rentals go quick. And I went, okay, yes. I get this. As somebody who has tried to plan um, holiday yeah, travel to like the desert in early. Southern California, do you do it early? Because that's because otherwise it gets, you know, snatched up. And Carrie does say one and thing Sima in here. And is, this is her world. Yes. Yeah, she's a real estate agent. She knows how to do this. There's one thing that Carrie says that really stuck out to me, though, in the scene where she says, I still have a travel agent. And she's talking about, like, you know, it, it, there's this, there's this, a romanticization, I think, in Carrie's head of, like, remember when we used to do it this way? 
you know? And I think she still holds on to a lot of that because in my head, I was like, you still have a travel agent? This implies that one, you you weren't traveling all that much when you were a younger girl, to my mm-hmm. knowledge. So this implies that. Yes. So somewhere in the late 2000s, uh, going into well into the Obama era, that's when you had the money to suddenly go, yes, I need a travel agent. Yeah. Long I mean, after yeah. every other company has come, you know, Orbit, Expedia, whatever you want to yes. use, uh, if you want like a, a all-inclusive, let alone every single blog that tells you like, buy these credit cards or use these credit cards, you get these points and then you add these points and then you do this, blah, blah, blah. you know, like there's there's... Four million hacks, five billion ways to travel, sixteen thousand forums, all lighting up right now with mm-hmm. like tips and tricks about how to travel. And she's like, "I still have an agent." Well, good for her. Um, but then <laughs> <laughs> we move on to Miranda is at Che's. Um, che won't cuddle, not in the mood to cuddle. And then uh, so Miranda, who am I, Paddington che- Bear? She says. All right. It's just like, I thought you loved me, but <laughs> okay. I can't imagine saying that to like my wife, right? It's like, what do you think I am, Paddington Bear? It's like, Jesus when Christ. When your wife says, will you cuddle with me? Yeah. When what a loved I, one says, will Bear? you cuddle? Yeah. Also, that's not his jam. His jam is marmalade. Yeah, yeah exactly. Marmalade. It's like. Whatever. However, it's pronounced in British. Yeah. Um, a marmalade. Um. Yeah. He's. It's. It's a, a. A weird pull and feels a little off. But uh, yeah. Very rude. Um. But the yeah. rudest thing comes after they say yes. goodnight, <laughs> and then Che pulls out their phone and starts doing cameos. <laughs> so like the like. Mm-hmm. Hey, Kevin. Just want to say happy birthday to you from Che Diaz and Miranda's. Like, what are you doing? And Che's response is like, I didn't get to these. I thought I'd do these now. If this another moment, like much like Lily earlier, that made me feel insane because it's like, uh, if someone is trying to sleep next to you, if you if you are in bed and you've said good night, you don't get yes. to say like, oh, I'm just gonna like bang out some cameos real quick. It's like, no, 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 they can't sleep. Obviously, it's like go into another room and do these if you have to do them. Why are you doing them while someone is sleeping? And then why would you be surprised later when they're like, okay, well, I'm just gonna leave then. <laughs> like Che was just like, wait, where are you going? Miranda's like, I can't sleep like this. Che's like, really? It's like, yeah, of course not. You can't. <laughs> it, you can't it, do it cameos inf- when someone's trying to sleep. It was infuriating. It was infuriating. I believe it was designed to be infuriating. Yes. There are so many other options. We have her, to. At, we have to accept that Che is the dog people. shit worst. Just like that, yes. intentionally written as like the biggest piece of fucking shit. Yes, yes. Uh, And I love that Che thinks their career is over because of one failed pilot. Yes. To which I look at many of my friends, colleagues, co-workers, um, countrymen, uh, and I say all of them have one failed pilot and they're doing fine. Yeah, yeah. this is Uh, the business. And it's like you're 46 and you've been a stand-up for a long time. It's like, come on, you got to know and you got to ride with this. I get that you you really cared about this, but it's just like you're a touring stand-up. It's just like you're 
it'll be all right. Like, it'll come back around again. You'll do panel just, on some dumb thing. It's like, don't worry. Just start uh, start your own Rogan situation, you know? Yeah. Set up Set up your phone uh, in your apartment, grab a couple friends, and just shoot the shit. Can you imagine uh, Che Diaz moving to Austin and doing, like, the Che Diaz experience? <laughs> that would be such a funny... Just talking to, like... <laughs> Some UFO expert and being like, "Whoa, hey, I didn't." It's like, just really? asking you think questions. Roswell was aliens? Like, wow. <laughs> it's like, do you think these aliens? Maybe it's like they travel between dimensions. I'm like, whoa. Yeah, Ch- Chase just a curious person. Yeah, just an incredibly curious person. Yeah. <laughs> che and Robert Kennedy just <laughs> talking about like you know this uh, this COVID vaccine. It's like Che. I'm just telling you, like it's was designed to spare the Jews and the Chinese. And Chase's like, it's true, you know? I don't know any Jews who got COVID. So maybe Cheryl's just sitting in the corner nodding. Uh (laughs) That's what they should do. We love that scene. Um, I, but then my we note, go, my main oh. yeah my main note was that Miranda's out of her league with a depressed Mm -hmm. comedian. Pack it in. Because as as a depressed comedian myself (laughs) Uh no, you are out of your league. Yeah. When and I and I I don't know. I'm I uh I have a whole web series about depression and anxiety. I have a pilot about depression and anxiety. I have a bunch of stuff about depression and anxiety. I like to think of myself as a semi expert on uh this m- mental health bullshit. And I will say this: when you are in a state, you the what somebody else says to you is unlikely to get through. You kind of yeah. have to just work through it yourself. To yes. some degree, to some degree. Yes, I agree. It's tough for uh, someone who is not a professional to help you right. out. Right. Um, and Miranda's kind of a fixer. And so it mm-hmm. makes a lot of sense that Miranda would continue to pursue this relationship that we know, objectively from the outset, is not working. Uh, che is just the worst. But Miranda's like, no, 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 no. No, no, I can fix this. And to that I say, you cannot. You need to walk away, which eh, we'll get to later. Yes. Um, so then we go to Kiri with her, like the publicist or the book person, um, saying that uh, Kiri is going to be uh, doing a reading at WidowCon. And I laughed mm-hmm. out loud. I was like, they named it WidowCon? And then later in the scene, they find out that's not the real name. That's just like this cutesy nickname. But I was like, right. you can't lead with the nickname Widowcon. <laughs> like you have to say like it's blah 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 blah. And then it's like so Widowcon. You know what I mean? Because I was like, oh my yes. God. For like a few minutes, I was like, I cannot believe this show is <laughs> saying that there's like a Comic Con for widows. Like you just that's so funny. It's it's a rock concert for sad people, which is similar <laughs> to Wilson Phillips, which is yes. <laughs> I'm butchering the joke, but it is a joke that made me laugh. Sure. Uh, and then we get Rachel Dratch. Rachel Dratch, always is a, a joy. What a lovely what a lovely uh, uh, now uh, joy to see. Nadia, was Rachel Dratch in the original Sex in the City? I can't I, remember. I, I know can't Amy remember. Sedaris was. Yes, Amy Sedaris. I believe Dratch. was. I don't think Rachel Dratch was, to my yes. knowledge. Or I don't. If if Rachel Dratch when I was, was watching this, it's an episode I, I, I don't felt, remember. I felt like Carrie, where I was like, I think I was like, I'm trying to place. 
you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I thought that this right. is effective because I was like, it's plausible Rachel Dratch played a writing partner. You know what I mean? I was like, maybe. So this this scene did a really good job of making me feel like Carrie, right? Which is someone who's like, I kind of remember you, but maybe I don't. I don't really know. And mm-hmm. I was just like, oh, my God. what Was there an episode where they were writing a movie together? And I thought, a thing I wrote down here, Nadia, is that Carrie is so mean to Rachel Dratch here. Just like. Yeah incredibly rude like when Rachel Dratch was like oh uh like we wrote things together uh you were my writing partner and she was like yeah uh I wasn't your writing partner it's just like okay whoa slow down <laughs> it's like don't be mean to this but just be like oh yeah you know like we did work on that it movie was, you know just like it was odd gentle. it was odd on a lot of levels it was especially odd to me that Carrie was trying to write a movie mm-hmm and she says specifically later, Nadi, uh, Carrie says, I guess I wasn't a movie writer. And it's like, screenwriter. The term is screenwriter. <laughs> like Comedy concert. <laughs> movie writer. Yes. The list goes on. We also learn that Rachel Dresch's character, her name was Karen, but she changed her name to Carrie with a K because she says, it's not a good time for white women named Karen. And I wrote down, Nadia, right. that old people have to get off the internet. Like, it's <laughs> fine. <laughs> Just unplug. You are happier before it. It's not uh-huh. for you. You can't understand it. Like, don't don't change your name because some people are calling annoying white women Karens. Like, just just be yeah. a Karen. Like, just yeah. Come on. <laughs> like, get off get off social media. Just just uh, don't do it. It's 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 also a thing where I think um, just certain vernacular has been sped up. Like the idea mm-hmm. of you know a Becky has been around yes. for a long time. And then it kind of got sped up with the help of Beyonce and the internet. And I go, that one's been around, guys. I feel like a lot of these have been around. Yes. So it's 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 just that certain things then, certain phrases end up in the zeitgeist. And that vernacular becomes good or bad or goes out of style. And in this case, it very much feels like, yeah, Karen's probably here to stay, but that doesn't like no people know the difference. It's fine. It's fine. A lot of yeah, people have it. Yeah, it's okay. fine. Just get off the. Internet. My thing. My thing was like, is this our path, Matt? Are we going to run into people who write books later and go, "Oh yeah, you were in a class with me," or like, remember yeah. we tried to do a show together, and they're going to be like, "Fuck you!" In thirty years. I God, I, that's my biggest fear because the way Carrie is just like, <laughs> and also it seemed like if we are meant to take Rachel Dratz's. If we were meant to take Rachel Dratch's character at her word, right? That this all mm-hmm. literally did happen. They had the movie. They were going to meet with some producer about it. And then Carrie just didn't show up. It's just like, yeah, you, what the fuck, man? It's like, yeah. What? It's weird. like, very weird. Like, uh, don't do that to someone. Like, that's awful behavior. Like, why would you do also, that? Also, I can't imagine like a 24 year old just being like, I'm not showing up to this potential meeting where, yeah, like, even I if you were like, eh, it's whatever. It's just like, just go to Starbucks and whatever. You know what I mean? I don't know. Yes. Just, like, just do the thing. It's yeah, very, uh, very weird. But anyway. It, uh, and in return, Carrie's like, Che, I have to now speak at WidowCon. I need help public speaking. Shay's a little uh, nervous to do so, but agrees anyway. Yes, so we're setting I forgot. Up that they're going to be going to WidowCon together. I forgot in this scene that Carrie knew Che first, you know? Yes. Like, I, I was like, oh, that's right. They do know each other. 
And I thought it was also right. weird. I didn't know what this ask was because Carrie was like, Che, you have to come with me to WidowCon. And I was like, does Carrie want Che to do stand up here or like just give advice on public speaking? Like I was very unclear. Like what would Che do here? You I know? took it to mean the latter where it was just like, I need a con- I need somebody who's confident to like help. Uh, I need a hype man. See, I thought event. it was like you need to do stand up at this thing. Like ah. you need to open for me or right. whatever. Because then I was like, why no, wouldn't just, you ask like Miranda or Charlotte? You know what right. I mean? Like ask a friend if it's just like, eh, you know, I need a moral support. So, yeah. Uh, I, it's also a convenient character thing for Shay to, to figure out later, which is I'm sure why it partly is happening. But yes, um, I can ki- I can kind of buy it. So yes. then we're at this dinner at the apartment of Naya and Miranda and Charlotte and Carrie have come over. Um where Miranda uses a phrase that I'm going to say we're not, uh, as a society, really supposed to say, which is spirit animal, um, which is an odd joke to me. Uh, that's a term that's, uh, for indigenous people, actually pretty sacred. So don't, um, don't, don't just willy-nilly use it, Miranda. Yes. Um, um, especially while they- you're in the middle of educating yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wrote down that uh, they probably shouldn't be drinking around Miranda. Yeah, they brought her grape juice, and they're yeah. all having like a really nice Cabernet or Pinot or something. And it I feels was like, like a very okay. easy thing to just not drink around her, especially because it feels like this alcohol problem was. I mean, they all thought it was very serious with the Miranda. You know what yes. I mean? That it would be like. And uh, also, even if it's been a year, it's not as if. Oh, Miranda's been sober for 10 years. And, and she's Miranda in a tough doesn't place care. emotionally. Yeah. You know what I mean? It just feels yes. like these are the things that would trigger someone to drink again. So, mm-hmm. eh, you know, let's yeah. be a little more thoughtful. Um, I would say that really what we're doing here is we're setting up the idea that uh, Naya's divorce is going kind of amicably mm-hmm. and sort of encourages Miranda, like, you're going to have to talk about it. And then we're also setting up that little guy, that blast from the past, Mr. Aiden. Um, yes. Some setup that Aiden sold his furniture company, and so now he's wealthy. Wealthy and in Virginia. Yeah, and divorced. And divorced. And uh, Carrie goes home, and she's got this email that she's going to send. She doesn't send it. She's thinking of sending it. Just, just up, you know? S- yes. And we have so, this little Nadia, fake out wrote, moment. I wrote down yes. here... Um, cause we see, we linger on the email that she sends and what the, one of the lines at the very end of the email, she goes something like, Oh, if this isn't your email address, whoever this is, carry on. And this made me chuckle. The idea that Carrie thinks that they just assign email addresses to new people. You know what I mean? Like if this was his email address, <laughs> like, and he's not checking it anymore. It would just be dormant. You know what I mean? Like he wouldn't get a response. It's like, but that like Aiden was Aiden Shaw, right? Was that his name, Shaw? Yes, I believe it was. It's like Aiden Shaw at gmail dot com is not going to be like picked up by like someone else. You know what I mean? Like it, this yeah. is not going to go to like a random stranger. It. It's funny because I'm sitting here going like. Yeah, Carrie would understand the cloud. And I'm like, Carrie doesn't know shit. About she doesn't know anything. Tech. She doesn't, doesn't know anything. Know she anything. is blithely unaware of how the world works right now. And neither does Seema, because we then cut to the next day. And Seema's over showing Carrie, you know, Hampton's places, which is uh, 
all meaningless because Asima says it's like, well, I already picked out the one we'd like, we'll get, and I already reserved it. So really there was no point in doing any of this, but okay. Um, and then Sima, as she's on Kiri's computer showing her these places, goes, this computer is fast, too fast. And I wrote down, what? <laughs> like, I can't, what computer is like too fast? Like, what, what does that mean? It's too fast. Like, oh, it's my just only process- assumption my web pages are loading so quickly. <laughs> yeah, like, like that, I wish there was a little guess- bit of time where I could save her, you know. <laughs> Maybe Seema's working with like a five-year-old laptop here, um, or or has. I, I, there's no world that Seema has a PC, but like too uh, fast. It's just too so... fast is an odd term, and so you kind of think, "Oh shit, is Seema going to accidentally send this email?" But yes, and exactly. Nope. No. Nope. 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 It's yes. just Seema has already booked a rental in the Hamptons for them to summer in. That looks gorgeous. Good for them. But and that's what I don't understand because it's like specifically saying the line like it's too fast. That made me think, oh, she's gonna like misclick or something. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? But it's just mm-hmm. like, why say it if you're not gonna do it? And this to me screams of if I can put my writer's cap on that this that was the original idea, and then they were like, mm, no, we want Carrie to be the one to make the decision to do it. You know? Yeah. So it's like then they yeah. like filmed that last scene like later. You know what I mean? Like maybe the last scene was going to be Kiri gets an email back from Aiden and we don't see it. But it was just like, it just felt very weird to me to be like, wow, this computer's fast. And she was just like, oh, it's an email. Oh, okay. And again, has no real opinion on Kiri emailing Aiden. Just like, yeah, yeah, maybe. (laughs) And then it's just like, but we're going to go to the Hamptons together. You know what I mean? Again, nobody really like is invested in anyone else's life or has any like feelings about what anyone is doing. It's baffling. Baffling. It's baffling. Baffling. That's the word so, I want. Che calls Carrie so, the next day. Right. Massive snowstorm outside. It's a bomb cyclone. Yeah. Uh, Again, Carrie a thing that felt like it was in the zeitgeist years ago and now is not mm-hmm. really a thing. But I mean, obviously, yeah. it's a weather pattern, but I feel like the meme of a bomb cyclone came and went. Right. But. Right. And and Carrie can't disappoint Rachel Dratch or the other sad women. So Carrie's like, nope, we are going. We are going out in the snowstorm. And so we get three different cases of three different women who are having to do things for themselves or for others as acts of service or for their families or what have you in the middle of this massive yes. thunderstorm. Not thunderstorm, snowstorm, sorry, yes. blizzard. I'm from um, Southern California. Snow is <laughs> foreign to me. We've got these three women. We've got Carrie, Lisa, and Charlotte. Yeah, so let's so talk about we'll just their, their their reasons for going out, right? So Carrie's like, I yeah. got to go to WidowCon. I can't cancel on it. Um, right. I don't want uh, Rachel Dretch to be mad at me because that's my whole thing with her is that I cancel on things. Uh, right. And Shay's like, all right, fine, I'll show up. Charlotte, um, they're watching Edward Scissorhands, uh, finds out that Lily is going to go out to see Blake anyway. His parents were supposed to like, um, like he was going to leave town, but then he didn't. So it's like, I'm going to have sex. And everyone's just like, all right, here's yeah, her, okay. her sex plans were previously canceled or got ruined, so yeah. now it's it's on, it's on again. Yeah. 
Um, and so she goes out. Um, and then um, Lisa and George Washington, it's just like, oh, Lisa's car got canceled. So how am I going to get to the MoMA event? George Washington specifically says like, well, I got a Chevy Tahoe. That's not going to be canceled. Take a ride with me. And Lisa goes, no, I'll get there myself, which is supposed to be, I think, a moment of like, I can do things myself. But it just feels very strange. It's like, well, this is not what this is about, right? It's like, you just get, just share a car. It wasn't even a thing of like, if you take the car, you'd be late. He was just like, no, no, no. Just like, I'll drop you off first, right? Again, yeah. there was like no conflict. She was just like, no, I'll just walk myself. And I was like, why? Like, it felt and we like get- a, it was an amount of stubbornness that I didn't quite understand because maybe there was a scene initially that was supposed to be there, but it felt a little as if, you know, if we're zooming out on this art project, if the idea of these two characters are two successful, wealthy black individuals who have done very well for themselves, if the idea is we have a conflict of interest between the two about what it means to take care of yourself then that's not entirely highlighted earlier. And it makes me think that mm-hmm. maybe there was something before that got cut or something that uh, was reworked because it does feel a little bit like, why would Lisa not just take the car, particularly for a, such an important event? You yeah. know, she's like, I'm not missing this event. And to, in my head, I'm like, then don't miss the event. Yeah, the why car has no downsides. You're going to die. There's there yes. was no downsides to taking this car. So I Apart like I, I from tr- pride. Pride I is guess, the only but even thing then, that what I can is think the, of. What is the pride here? It's just like who there is going to be be like it's like oh how'd you get here? It's just like oh um my car got canceled so I, I had to go with my husband and said like no one's going to be like right. Ugh. like it's like oh are you not yeah. an independent woman? You shared a car with your husband. <laughs> it's be like all right, like what? But your husband we do get who's this... running for comptroller. <laughs> we do the, get this cool shot. I think Lisa looking very fierce walking through the CGI oh, snow. A really yes. cool shot, honestly. Like, I, yes. I, uh, hats off to Cynthia Nixon who directed this episode. I, I thought this was one of the best looking shots uh, of the whole season. Yes. Uh... That look was amazing that Lisa's wearing. And I think what's even more amazing is that she brought her wig case so mm-hmm. that she could put on her wig in the uh, the bathroom of the event without messing up her hair. And then looks at another woman and says, we're not going to let a little snow um, stand in our way, are we? Or something to that idea. So there, there's something about this. Um, the impeccable presentation. That I find interesting. And yes. impe- if, if we're going to break this down the art project way, I go, okay, so this, it feels a little bit here where like we're making a potential piece of commentary on the idea that if you are a successful black person, you need to present yourself in a certain way and you cannot fuck that up, um, which is a heavy burden, I think, and something to be examined a little bit more by society. Now, obviously, I'm not an expert in that experience. So if I have this wrong, come for me. Shout at me. But yada, yada, yada. But it, it did did feel like that a bit, right? It felt like for Lisa, her thing here is just like, nope, I refuse to let weather get in the way of my moment. And my I can't walk in there saying, I'm sorry, the weather got the best of me. Like she has to arrive presentable. 
I read this a little differently. Um, I see. I saw this as because the weather felt so like nebulous and a way of like it didn't feel like that big of a deal. And especially, it's like a lot of people showed up to MoMA. You know what I mean? The city felt like still open in a way. It was very confusing because what we'll talk about this a little later. What was shut down and what wasn't shut down. So I felt mm-hmm. this as a way of like wealthy people who think like, oh, look at all these obstacles standing in my way. I refuse to um, succumb to them. I will overcome them. Mm-hmm. When it's like you could have easily just taken a car, but you chose to walk to prove a point to no one. To feel like you've overcome so much when it's like you didn't overcome anything. You know what I mean? Like you mm-hmm. had this all handed to you. You have your own event. You're a successful director. You're being honored by a very prestigious museum. Um, when the weather gets bad and it's like, oh, can you make it there? You easily could have just taken a car, but you're like, I'll walk to prove a point to myself that I'm still like authentic. You know what I mean? It's interesting that uh because I wonder if it can be both. I wonder if it can be mm-hmm. trying to have its cake and eat it too, where it's like, we're going to yeah. make a commentary on uh, the the micro moments of being somebody who's not white in America. And also, when you are rich, things disappear for you. Problems yes, and away. things feel like triumphs. You You need to feel like you've accomplished something and you've triumphed over something, even though all you've done is walk a few blocks, right? Like that past episode where it's like, can I walk 10 blocks to make, you know, the the Met Gala? It's like, yeah, that's not a big deal. <laughs> and it's right. just like, can I, exactly. you know, walk in a little bit of snow, I think, or a lot of snow, like to make that? It's just like, well, I could take a car and the car is there, but um, I'll just walk to make it feel like I've done even more. Um, which I think is, you know, it's very interesting. It's very funny. Um, Dear listener, we let you decide. Yeah, decide. It's open decide to interpretation, open like all art. Uh, uh, absolutely. Um, and then the Charlotte, the reason why Charlotte is going out in the snow, they're watching Edward Scissorhands and um, gets a call from Lily that Blake forgot condoms. And Lily asks mm-hmm. Charlotte to get her condoms. This is insane yep. to me. One, like being open enough with your mom, not even just talking about sex, but being like, mom, can you get me condoms? Also, mom in the middle of like a blizzard, can you come bring me condoms? Mm-hmm. And she's like, mm-hmm. Charlotte's like, why can't Blake just get them? And she's like, oh, he's worried that the drugstore person will tell his mom and his mom will get mad. But then it's like, well, Lily, why don't you just go out and get them? You know? It is... It is such an it is such an big ask. Now, part of me kind of believes it because I go, listen, when you're a teen, you're very selfish. Yeah. And you expect things from people. So there's a part of me that goes, yeah, I can buy a world where she goes, please do this for me. On the other hand, I'm like, come on. No, Nadia. Go out. Go out <sighs> in the storm yourself. If you want to fuck, you're going to have to earn that fuck. Or just let's now stick get your hand, sass let's down to the Dwayne Reed. Let's stick yeah, the hand just stick stuff. Just stick the hand stuff. It it's not today. Today's not your day. Yeah. Okay? You, you know don't what? want it to be today. Because nothing, nothing kills the mood. Like your mom swinging by with condoms. <laughs> a assorted pack, mind you, because we don't know what this guy's working with. So we had to get the assorted pack, yeah. which really makes me laugh. That was very funny. The idea that like we're gonna have to like I don't know. So we got regular, we got big, we got small. Yeah. What, what, what do you choose? Yeah. Don't 
yeah, don't use the heated ones. They'll yeah. mess with you. As Charlotte um, uh, is going out in the snow and is begging the janitor of this like closed down drugstore for condoms, like, please let me in. Now, it's like very weird to me. I Because, look, I've lived in New York. The city would not be shut down like that. You know what I mean? Especially essential businesses like a drugstore. You know what I mean? Like a CVS mm-hmm. or a Dwayne Reed would be open. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? And it, or, they you look at it. They wouldn't all be shut down. They wouldn't it all would be, be shut down unless the weather had to be so severe. Like, look, I was in New York for Hurricane Sandy. You know what I mean? Like, things were still pretty much open. Like, they were like, please mm-hmm. go home. Like, people were going home. Things were like slower, but there was still a lot of stuff that was open. So it just was like very weird to me that it would be like the city wouldn't be dead. But then also it's like, well, it's not dead because the MoMA event is still happening. There's still, you know, people going out to WidowCon. You know what I mean? Like there was a lot of like, well, it didn't feel like the weather impacted all this stuff, but it's impacting drugstores. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's slowed down. That doesn't mean it's full on stopped. It and just it's was odd to me that it stopped for Charlotte, but it hasn't stopped for Lisa or Carrie. Yes. Well, then we see Carrie in this insane coat. Oh, my God. That coat, uh, I have it written down. I looked it up. This coat, this giant ass sleeping bag that she's wearing. It's Montclair by Valentino's Pierre Paolo Piccioli. Piccioli. Piccioli? Merci. Merci. I don't know how to say words is what we're learning today. (laughs) Um, My point is this giant sweeping coat that is incredibly dramatic. It's humongous. It it, kind of looks like a bird. Giant Mm -hmm. wingspan. Um, It... uh, it's giving it's giving um like sleeping bag pigeon a little bit and it's <laughs> yes, it's uh, yes. color and frame but it is also at once like very gorgeous and i mean it's it's just funny to see this like uh sarah jessica parker is a small person carrie is a mm-hmm. is, you know it's just like a tiny a tiny person in a big coat always funny just like balls yeah. Getting Fat a guy in a on. little coat, uh, tiny person in yeah. a big coat. Comedy in the background. Yeah. All this stuff always works. So this feels like it would Carrie slow her tr- down more, you know? Like it'd yes. be harder we- <laughs> than if yes. you just got like Which a normal is- parka. Also funny to me that it's like, okay, so we're not just going to have, um, you know, because Carrie arrives and then sees Che, who's just got like a Fargo getup on. Yeah, it's just normal like, hat a, and like, coat. A normal hat and a couple of layers. Yeah. Uh, versus like a full And where do you check coat. that? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, like, can you imagine like coat checking that thing? They'd be like, what the fuck? <laughs> what are we going to do with so it's this? Like at a sh- it's at a Hilton, a Sheridan, something like that. I assume maybe somewhere in Midtown. Yeah. Um, so the like idea the of like. Javits Center or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Just like, yeah, we're in conference room B. And you're like, I <laughs> doesn't anyone have space for the 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 Sheraton Midtown Manhattan uh coat room coat rack for me to put up this fucking sleepy oh bag. God. It's wild. Um but they're at Widow Con so and yes. there's a stand up or not a stand up, I guess, another author, but who's good at stand up, who's killing. And the mm-hmm. jokes that they're telling are Pretty good jokes. You know what I mean? I think this is so interesting, the comparison of this stand-up's jokes to Che's jokes. So this makes me think the show was very deliberately trying to be like, Che is a hack comic. Che sucks Mm -hmm. (laughs) and is not a funny comedian. 
because this shows me that the show can write uh, funny jokes in the voice of this kind of person, right? Yeah, they weren't. Let, let's be clear, they were not amazing jokes, no, but no, no. but they were they actual were, jokes. There was a setup and a punchline. Yes, and a setup and a punchline, and and you know, could we punch that stuff up? Sure, but this is clearly somebody who's like just kind of a funny person. Um, who's written what appears to be a funny memoir based on their husband's death. Mm-hmm. And uh, really, it's just setting Carrie up to be filled with fear of the idea of like, oh, I didn't get the memo. I was supposed to be funny now. Like, not only am I grieving and still dealing with the loss of my husband, but like now I'm supposed to be hilarious about it, which, you know, fair point, Carrie. Uh, yes. So, Ch- and- so Carrie wants <laughs> Che to... Like, give me a joke. She's like, give me a joke. But it's like, yeah. no, Carrie, you don't don't follow up with humor, right? It's just like lean in. Mm-hmm. It's like she, you should know enough to be like, just do your thing. You know what I mean? Like, don't try to be the inferior version of the comedian. Just be yeah. you and read from your book and h- hope that the book is good enough. So Che yeah. writes like a pretty bad joke off the cuff, which, you know, whatever. I get it. It's hard to come up with a joke on the spot. And the yeah. author who is speaking uses like a version of that joke, um, mm-hmm. but better, which I thought was very funny. <laughs> and it's like, oh, this is like commenting on the vibrators that were for sale here, but it's a funnier version of Che's joke. Um, yeah. And then also uh, after the this author is done speaking, gets a, uh, almost a standing O, Rachel Dratch intros Carrie as the always hilarious Carrie Bradshaw which I thought is so funny yes. and I think almost intentional by Rachel Dratch's character. This is like, man, what a fucking dig to be like, now I'm setting this person up to be funny when it's just like, no, their thing is that they're not a comedian. Like Carrie's not the always hilarious Carrie Bradshaw. Carrie is like the best-selling author, Carrie Bradshaw. That's how you would like intro them. That's how you would intro Carrie like for real. But I yes, think this is a, a way to yeah. for the character to fucking take Carrie down a peg for bailing on the movie meeting. <laughs> you know, it's also yeah, oh for sure, it's very petty. We applaud. <laughs> I uh, love that. <laughs> oh, we applaud the, the petty always behavior. hilarious Carrie Bradshaw. That's yes, so fucking and, funny. No, and she's and a New York Times bestselling <laughs> author. That's what you say. <laughs> I think there's also something to be said about. Um, the idea that when you are somebody who maybe writes funny things, there's this mm-hmm. expectation that you are funny. You know? No, yes. And and it's different, like, well. Different skills. It's different. It's different skills. It's like saying, you know, a basketball, a professional basketball player is like going to be great at all sports. Like, mm-hmm. no. They're hey, really good we've at all seen Charles Barkley do his golf swing. And it is one of the funniest things. If you've not seen it, Google Charles Barkley's golf swing. And you can see Michael Jordan just like ruthlessly dunking on Charles Barkley for this insanely, uh, insanely terrible swing. And it brings up the point like you were a professional athlete. <laughs> like you made your living being an athlete. How can you be this bad at this? And it's like because uh, different different sports, different techniques. Yes. Yeah, and um, different writing leads to different ways of being. And just because, you know, Carrie's never been a performer. Even when Carrie's had to go mm-hmm. stand in front of crowds or go speak or whatever, there's always been a undercurrent of nervousness and anxiety about how am I going to be perceived? How can I make this good? 
it's it's never been her forte to get up and stand in front of people and say, hi, I'm Gary, da, 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 da. So even if she went on book tours and even if she did this and that, like, she's still just there to read from the book and maybe answer questions, like yes. many authors. Yes, and that's fine. So we get the- Always the, hilarious. We get the resolution to a lot of these plot lines. So it's like, Carrie goes up, she says a joke and it bombs, but then when she reads from her book, um, it's moving and people have like good cries about it and it's fine. She's very successful yes. and it was fine. Yes. We see Lisa at MoMA. Um, George Washington shows up to her event. I think he was always going to show up. There was never a thing where he's like, I won't go. He's there and okay. So, you know, everything's fine. <laughs> that, yep. That, that happens. Uh, good, good for, good for them. Yes. Uh, Charlotte glad, glad. shows. It's solid. Yes. Charlotte shows up with the condoms. Lily takes them. Charlotte looks up, kind of being like, well, my daughter's about to have sex. Everything's fine. You know what I mean? Like, and we don't ever see like Lily like hooking up with her boyfriend or, you know what I mean? Or it's like, what is this moment? I don't even know that I know what that boyfriend looks like. I don't even know that we never see him. He's just Blake. No idea that she had a boyfriend, but whatever. Um, Uh, The thing that really sticks out because this is what leads to the next couple key moments, which are really going to, I think, kick the rest of the season into gear. One, during Carrie's reading, she says a line from her book where she says, you know, you, you move on because you've outgrown who you used to be. And we see that Che is really taking that to heart. And Che has this, uh, honestly, a very self-aware moment, which feels incredibly strange. But yes, in a way that most like, people are not this self-aware to be like, huh, like I heard your reading and I realized that how this directly applies to me and my life and how um, my loss was not as great as your loss because I just lost, you know, just some ego in this yes. career thing not working out. But you lost the love of your life. And that made me really think about and put things in perspective. I was just like, what? <laughs> like, it's just, it was so weird. <laughs> It was I, so like inelegant. Jay hasn't struck me as a particularly self-aware character. Yeah. Um, often engages in selfish behavior. Uh, and yet at the same time, I'm like, I don't know, ma'am. There's a lot of stand-ups and uh comedy people that I know that are very self-aware who do terrible things to other people. Mm-hmm. Um, particularly those that they care about the most or that are closest to them. So who knows? The larger point is that. Um, keep this in the back of our heads. Chase, newfound self-awareness. Miranda's at her Brooklyn home. Steve shows up. Turns out Steve's not moving. Steve said before in therapy, I'm going to move somewhat closer to Scout. That's my ba. And he's not. He lied. I lied. Yeah, he just goes on sort of a rage fest, sort of rightfully so. We see an outpouring of emotion. I want to talk about something. So Steve comes home. He was at the bar. He says, Brady's at the bar. Brady's working at Scout now. Yep. Again, showing the bar was open. Steve has a cup of coffee. So he got coffee somewhere. You uh-huh. know what I mean? At a bodega. Uh-huh. Again, I was just like, what is the weather situation like here? So it's like, it wasn't that bad. <laughs> uh-huh. Things are still open. People are still out. So mm-hmm. again, this plays into my reading of uh, that Lisa's overcoming the weather is meant to sort of be looked ironically. That it's like, this was right. not this big of a deal. Um, but 
So yes, as you were saying, Steve sort of is, you know, being like, I'm not moving. This is my house. Steve is standing up for himself, which, you know, he should. Um, Mm -hmm. And Miranda does a thing in this, uh, this fight that is just so despicable to me, where she says, the mortgage is in my name. And God, I thought it was so interesting the way this is like a very much like this is typically like a male thing. You know what I mean? To be like, well, I make the money. So I get to do what I want to do. And so I really like this, the sort of gender reversal here. And she's acting and she is acting like the quote unquote shitty guy. Right. She went out and cheated on someone. Now she's like, well, I have a right to the house because the mortgage is only in my name. You know what I mean? And Steve is saying, well, I made this house a home, right? He's Mm -hmm. being like, you know, I like this was a piece of shit until I like put all this blood, sweat and tears into renovating it. You know what I mean? Like I built this place for my family. And in this rant, he says, you know, you never wanted to come to Brooklyn. Um, You never even wanted to have Brady. But I was the one who wanted to build a family together. And essentially, like, Miranda, you fucked it up. Yeah. Yeah. It felt... Very real, this Mm -hmm. fight. It felt shitty and messy and real. And it's maybe one of the times on this program where I have felt, oh, this is genuine compared to a lot of the other moments that we've talked about where something happens and it is immediately dismissed. A problem arises and it is immediately solved. Somebody complains about a thing and it is immediately goes away. And in this moment, I'm going, oh, we're talking about money, but it's a fight about who who makes what and who's uh gets to have what. We're mm-hmm. talking about sacrifices. We're talking about uh family. We're talking about relationships. We're talking about lives built. We're talking about the grief of what's lost. It felt very, very, very real to me. Yes. Now, if I I, I could be critical, um, yes, I would yes. have liked this scene to be longer, mm-hmm. go into more detail, more impactful. Mm-hmm. This should have been like, I don't want to say the bulk of the episode, but this should have been a lot. This felt like this was rushed. And I, in my head, I was watching this. I was comparing this to um, Sex and the City's sort of companion show at the same time, uh, The Sopranos, particularly the episode Whitecaps with the big fight uh-huh. between Tony and Carmelo that leads to their separation. And yes. what's so great about that show and that scene is you really feel the weight of 20 years of marriage. They bring up yes. things from like season one. They bring up things from before the show started. They bring up current things. It really feels like, oh, this couple has been together since high school and they know each other yeah. backwards and forwards. And also both of them are right sometimes and wrong sometimes, but they are coming from, you know, a place of their own uh, truth and experience and how they view the other person. And they're also saying things they regret and are like, I shouldn't have said that. That was too mean. But they say it anyway. Yeah. And this Master was- Masterclass of writing and acting. Yes, and it's like phenomenal. a good, what, 15, 12? Yeah. It's at least 12 minutes. Like yeah. The, the, and it the, goes throughout the, the house. Break. Yeah, they go outside, yeah. inside. It's phenomenal. I mean, it, everyone should watch it. It's one of the best. But you have to watch the whole show. But whatever. It's great. This could have been similar to that in, in scope, in impact. But the problem was this felt very rushed. And this is also a relationship where it's like they have so much history together. We've seen these characters for years. Um, I wanted this to go even deeper 
And I think all the other stuff in this episode, the, uh, you know, uh, Carrie being like this renting a house is like a marriage. It's like, I don't care about that. Let me see these characters that I truly care about, which is Miranda and Steve and the, the, the fallout of this. Right. And I love that. It's like both of them went too far. Steve being like, I regret, Oh my God, I'm so sorry. When Miranda like has like, I thought a really well acted sort of breakdown of just like, she, she reacts like she's been just shot, like a shotgun hit her in the stomach. Uh, when, when mm-hmm. uh, Steve says like, you didn't even want Brady. And then he's like, Oh my God, you can't leave like this. I didn't mean that. I shouldn't have said that. I was like, Oh, this feels so real. I wanted this to go on longer. I wanted this to really cook and take its time. Yeah. It, it, I wanted a, a a version of the Miranda and Steve marriage story fight. Yeah, yeah. Totally. Um, and I feel like it could have extended, and we could have made our audience uncomfortable, especially given that uh, this project is billed as more of a dramedy. Mm-hmm. I'm like, great, Let's then see do the, the drama. drama part of the dramedy, yeah, than just the comedy part. So yes. it does it does run short. I liked what I saw. I could have seen more. Same. And what what we end up with is they're upstairs. They're kind of in the middle of this like they're cuddling. Calm down. They're cut. Yeah. There's a there's a, a small amount of cuddle. And during that, Miranda realizes there is a gold condom wrapper. Mm-hmm. Which hello, Magnum. Steve. So you own a bar, huh? <laughs> um, just kidding. Uh, Scout, huh? <laughs> I. <laughs> Scout, that's my bar. These are my condoms. They're the magnums. Uh, <laughs> she, she she basically calls him out, and she's like, uh, what's this about? Because this is my son's, and this is our bedroom, so you and, clearly... Yeah. Uh, and it seems and like she not a big deal, right? He's like, yeah. I'm having sex. Okay. it's that, But yeah. first he says it's not what you think, and then he goes, yeah, yeah you know, he kind of testily admits, like, I haven't having sex. But yeah, the way it feels like to me, it's like he's like, I'm not in love with this person. I'm not like dating them. I'm just kind of casually yeah. hooking up with them. And Miranda yeah. takes this like the like such an offense, right? This is like egregious. Yes. And she's like, oh, you yeah. lied to me. It's like, I thought you were the victim. You haven't moved on, but you have moved on. And Steve is like, I never said I was the victim. I never played a victim. I am doing what I want to do. And I see both points here. You know what I mean? I, which yes. I think is like uh, a testament to these characters and how they've been built up where Steve is correct in that he is well within his rights to sleep with whoever he wants <laughs> after they are, you know, being uh, after they're in the, in the process of separation. And I understand Miranda's mm-hmm. feelings of like, well, I thought it was like, oh, you can't. I'm never going to like, you know, especially after Carrie mentions earlier um, that Steve is like, I'm never going to take my wedding ring off. Uh, that it's like, oh, but you feels like you have moved on, and that I I yeah. can like not feel so guilty about um, my affair. Um, yes. But then yes. Miranda. It's, it's... Oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh no, 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 please go. Oh, then I was just saying that Miranda sort of leaves in a huff, and it's just like I'm finally going to initiate the divorce. This feels like they cannot reconcile uh, as friends, right? Which is what. Miranda had hoped to do earlier in the episode. It was like, I hope we can just be friends and this could be amicable. It feels like there's no right. way for this to be amicable and that uh, Miranda will not be spending any time at their Brooklyn house anymore. Mm-hmm. Miranda goes back. So she goes to Che. Che's, che immediately breaks up with her. <laughs> yeah. 
rough night, she says. Back-to-back yes. breakups, I'm killing it. And, uh, it, you know, we we have a moment of sort of the exact same image that we had with Steve. Jay kind of had, you know, that sort of cuddle-ish thing with Miranda. Mm-hmm. And it's clear to both of them this isn't going to work. We need to move on. Um, which opens up a lot of questions for, okay, what's going to happen? So is Miranda just uh, single and ready to mingle? Is Miranda going to be exploring all aspects of her sexuality? Is Miranda going to try to reconcile with Steve? Is mm, is Miranda going to, I don't know, hightail it to Costa Rica and just be like, I farm now. Who the fuck knows? Yeah, uh, no we're idea. in for a wild ride. We're in for we an even in for more wild, wild ride, ride because... Because our ending statement, and just like that, some relationships are meant to stay in the past, and some aren't. And no, with I'd that email, that email, she sends it. She sends yes. it deliberately. She makes the choice to send that email to Aiden. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. I love this. We'll see. I what's love this last happen. line. I love this last line yeah. because to me, this, this speaks to the series, right? Where it's like. There's something, something say in the past and some don't, where it's like, there's no way to really feel about anything. There's no real, like, um, moral clarity we can have or, like, you know, uh, ways we can feel about certain things. It's like, ah, sometimes you do what you want to do, I guess. <laughs> you know, it's very yeah. much, it really speaks to Carrie's being like, I don't know, you just sort of do whatever you want to do in the moment. And, you know, eh. <laughs> like, it just is like, yeah, I guess I emailed him. Yeah, I was lonely. Yeah. So what? You know what I, I mean? mean? Like, it's like, <laughs> like there's okay. Definitely this, I mean, there's an element of like, again, problems that arise and then immediately are solved. But then mm-hmm. a lot of times where it is just ego or pride or other icky emotions getting in the way. Mm-hmm. Um, and then immediately, not immediately, but like those are the things that really hurt the most, create the most cringe on the show. And then- for Carrie, it feels like this journey is now to be in this more relaxed state, this new chapter of her life, where she just goes, yeah, fuck it, who cares? We only, you know, we have one life to live. Yes. Um, easy to say when you have a lot of money, but... Very easy to say. Uh, now, now, did you have any predictions for next week's episode uh, of and Just Like okay. That? Okay, so I... Okay, let's see. Going going through our character list. I think next week we'll probably see Aiden. I think that that's coming. Um, mm-hmm. But and I think that all and I think that'll end up taking the bulk of the episode. But I think in future episodes we're going to see one of two things happen with Miranda. Either Miranda is going to desperately try to get back with Steve because Miranda's trying to piece her life together and she's going to go all mm-hmm. that stuff. I I was wrong. I fucked up. Uh, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, or or we're going to see Miranda's first time in like a legitimate lesbian bar, one of like the six left in New York, mm-hmm. and uh, Miranda, she, Miranda's not going to get hit on. Miranda's not going to, or or stuff isn't going to work out for her, and she's going to be like, "God damn it, what am I doing?" It's going to go know? poorly, as like everything has gone poorly for Miranda. I think in this entire reboot series, you know, this is a woman yes. who has had no victories. <laughs> <laughs> like, yes. Not even like a moment exactly. of like, oh, okay, well, that worked out. No, everything has been bad for her. So, yes, yeah. more pain and more suffering, more humiliation for our dear I friend think, Miranda. I think they're going to bring, I think Lily's going to bring Blake to um, Shabbat. 
Love that. And uh, and uh, <laughs> this Ooh, what time if they, around, that, Blake they have will... a problem with he's not a Jew, right? Or it's just like he's not a yes. Jew. And yeah, like, That's and, the, the and then they have yeah. to reconcile like what's what's going on there. Um, I my my other thought is that uh, Lily's going to put out like TikTok music or something <laughs> like that. Sure, yeah, and it's going to be bad and it's mm-hmm. going to be up to charlotte to kind of be like you this is why you have to take risks and it's gonna be that thing of like when you watch your kids fail miserably and you have mm. to let them be mm-hmm. um but it's gonna be really difficult for charlotte and harry because they're gonna be like this is not good um for uh naya i predict that we're going to see naya get her fourth dick um, <laughs> if if the math is right, there's only been three to four, so this would be yes. number four or five, and um, she's gonna fall for somebody, and it's almost gonna be that um, the Kurt Braunholer story of uh being with somebody for ten years and then going on a relationship rumspringa. Like, yes. I wonder how much Naya is going to accidentally say "I love you" like very quickly to somebody without realizing it simply because they get caught up in the emotions and they have not been dating forever. And um, right. I think Lisa's going to wear a necklace that is so huge with such huge baubles that it like <laughs> physically weighs down the actress. Like you can see the actress struggle to walk. <laughs> yeah. It like what about breaks you? her neck. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so, so I think um, Steve is going to just go ham at WidowCon. I think he's just going to. <laughs> he's just going to clean up. Yeah, he's he's just going to clean up. And Miranda's going to be like, I cannot believe it. And it's just like, they all feel bad for him, you know. And he's attractive, you know. He's, he's, gonna be he's like, flashing that gold, that gold wrapper around. And they're like, okay. <laughs> This is what um, you could be working with. I think um, Che and her ex-husband, that guy, are going to get back together. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And yeah. it's going to drive Miranda insane. Yes. I think when Aiden appears, I think Aiden and Carrie are going to be absolutely insufferable together. I think they're going Ooh. to... Get back yeah. together, and it's the thing where Carrie thinks like, "Oh, all my friends should be happy for me." They all liked Aiden. They all like wanted it to work out. But then it's just like they start dating, and it's like going well. And Charles is like, "I don't like you two together." You know, it's like, and Seema's like, yes. "It just feels weird to me." Like, yeah, and it just feels like, yeah. "Oh, this should have stayed dead, right? Something should have stayed in the past." But no, you insist on like circling back and repeating the same patterns, and everyone's like, "This is." This makes me feel uncomfortable, and this is unnatural. It's like you don't it's belong be like together. It's gonna like a little bit of a reanimated corpse relationship. Yes, yeah. exactly. Like I, 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 I kind of agree with you. I don't, I don't see it ending well. If it does keep no. going, it does seem like something that where if it does choose to continue, it will have to go through some mega changes. Like we'll have to see these people evolve very quickly. Um, and very drastically, because uh, otherwise, yeah, then it then it's uh, I don't know. To, here's here's a larger prediction question, which is, do we think that Carrie will end this series alone? She yes. Starts the series, you know. Do you yes. think? Do you think so? Like, it'll I think just the be show. This, I'm. 
I think what's interesting to me is seeing her in a, a bad relationship, but pretending like this is some victory does feel like this is the kind of move and just like that would make. Um, mm-hmm. But I think thematically it is more appropriate if she is alone. I think mm-hmm. she loses more. I think she loses like a fr- like friends over this. Mm. Like I think maybe the uh, Samantha cameo is like, no, we are no longer friends. For real, like, mm, like the cement. It's like of I that. have lost and more. Like you think you have lost enough. You think you have done all you're losing. No, you can lose even more. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe Carrie gives Lily. No, well, Carrie wouldn't ever give Lily sex advice. I'm just trying to think of like what could Carrie do. In a way that, like, like if your friends <laughs> you made me think. gave you specific <laughs> advice about how to raise your child, you made me you, think that might be of like if this were like a Marvel franchise where these, you know, they did the passing of the torch, like you're the new Captain America now, or Carrie's like Lily, you write the new Sex in the City column now, <laughs> like gives her the MacBook, and it's like do 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 do, just like a pair of Manolos. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, like standing in a closet, and it's like a light shines on them. Yeah, it's and like Lily you're the next generation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, we're just gonna have to wait and see what happens until yeah. next week. Until next week, uh, we explore the Sex in the City and just like that multiverse. <laughs> <laughs>